In a world of uncertainty, one thing is for sure, cancer doesn't stop during a global crisis. On Saturday, June 13th, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the LLS, will host a trailblazing event, big virtual climb sponsored by AbbVie to support their investment in groundbreaking research to advance blood cancer cures and its first-in-class patient education and services, including financial support and clinical trial navigation. Step up to take cancer down by climbing 61 floors or 1,762 steps. Inside or outside, on stairs, on the road, on your treadmill, does not matter. Just climb your way. Join us for an opening ceremony and then take on your climb with our heart-pumping playlist. Join us on June 13th from coast to coast as we come together to climb, conquer, cure. Register at lls.org slash big climb. To the Game Notes Podcast, your Utah Jazz Podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. That's Tony Jones. Uh, as you know, you can subscribe to this podcast. You can subscribe to the Athletic. You can subscribe to all kinds of things. We suggest this podcast and the Athletic. That would be most beneficial for us. And if you do subscribe to the Athletic, you can listen on the website or on the app, and you can actually comment. Tell us what a good job we're doing, Tony. You can say, "Hey, love that Zach Harper. Love that Tony Jones together." This is what I'm here for. You can do. You can send a nice message like that, or maybe, depending on what we're going to talk to talk about today, maybe you won't have such nice things to say. I don't know. I don't know where this is going to go, Tony. But we do have news. Um, you know, about an hour or so before we started recording this, the NBA uh, Board of Governors voted 29 to one, with Portland being the only team to vote against a 22 team return. Uh, They voted to return to the NBA season and resume it with eight games, possible play-in tournament, full playoffs, um, and uh, and it's great and all. We'll see if the players, uh, you know, ratify this and approve this on Friday when they have a call. So it's all great. It's first reported by Shams Charania. The NBA has now put out a statement on it. Um, It's fantastic, and I've had people texting me, "Hey, man, leaks coming back. This is great. This is great." And Tony. I'm finding it hard to truly give a shit right now, which is weird because it's what I've wanted, right? As long as players are safe, I want the NBA back. It's a huge part of our lives. It's our profession to cover this. It's a, it's an important thing in our lives, but with everything that's gone on in the last week. um, And you know what? Like, if you want to say I'm trying to be woke or whatever, I don't care. You can throw whatever insult you want at me. Uh, Not you, Tony, Uh, Tony, I care what you say, but the other people like, I don't care. You can take this however you want, but this stuff is meaningless to me in the interim because of what's going on in this country. I know obviously this, this hits a lot closer for you. Um, but I like, I'm really struggling to care right now. I'm really struggling to find happiness or hope in this because I fear that it's, it's instantly a distraction from some pretty terrible stuff that's happening and some pretty big changes that need to happen. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I, I wrote as such um, um, in the column I wrote for The Athletic. Um, I, I, you know, I just, it, it's hard to come up with words uh, in, in terms of what the disappointment and what the despair is and the frustration over, you know, the climate 
uh, of our country socially. Um, you know, I, I I am proud of 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 the country for um, for pushing back um, because you know I think that there's a, a large section of the country that that does not want to uh, acquiesce to to what is becoming the new norm. Um, you know, but man, uh, you know, just, just like I wrote, I mean, you know, uh, and, and, a, and a faction of the country, I mean, racism and bigotry, uh, has, has become accepted again and, and not just an undercurrent, um, and not just an undercurrent that, that needs to be weeded out. Uh, it's become overt. It's become a lot more in our face and, and it, it's, it's such an, it's such an issue right now. Um, and, you know, I think that, um, uh, I think that it's something that, that, that the country needs to deal with and it's not gonna, it's not gonna be fixed in a week or a month or a year or even, a, even a couple of years. I mean, this is, you know, this is a generational cultural cha- culture change that, that the country needs to undergo. Yeah. And, and man, I get it. Like some people are tuning into this podcast, looking for jazz stuff, looking for NBA stuff and don't want this in their face. Right. They don't want it. And it's uncomfortable to them. But my response is good. Be uncomfortable. It's okay for us to be uncomfortable here. It's okay for for white people to be uncomfortable and talk about stuff that doesn't um i wouldn't i shouldn't even say this i was gonna say doesn't negatively affect us it should absolutely negatively affect you it should absolutely make you feel horrible that this is happening to black people and to and to minorities extended right it should absolutely make you sick that this happens and like tony you know me i'm a pretty outspoken person um it hit me last friday where i realized like i'm outspoken but not nearly enough on this stuff right not nearly enough and it and it becomes this thing of like why haven't we taken it seriously? Why haven't we, you know, why haven't white people decided that this is ridiculous? Like a, a local example here in Los Angeles, you know, a couple of politicians yesterday, local politicians wanted to make a big deal of, hey, by the way, we're cutting 100 to $150 million from the proposed budget that was going to go to the police. And we're going to we're going to put it into, you know, other parts of the community. And everyone started going, oh, great. And I looked up the numbers and like, we're still talking about $1.7 billion without even talking pensions and health care for, for the police department still going to the police. So yeah, 100 to $150 million sounds like a, a big number. And it's a lot of money, don't get me wrong. But it's not really a dent in what's going. And you're going to find that throughout the country with, what, with what's happening right now. And I'm sorry, they don't need t- tanks. They don't need armored cars. They don't need any of this stuff. Like they don't need military military weapons to police the streets. Like it just doesn't need to be that way. And so if you're uncomfortable, if you're tired of this conversation, good, be uncomfortable, be tired of it, but you're going to hear it and you should hear it no matter what. And, and we're at a point where, you know, I'm actually curious to tie this into the NBA a little bit. I'm, you know, I'd like to know your thoughts on this because Amin Al-Hassan has been very vocal about this. The Spurs still have not made a real statement, right? They put a couple of social media posts up, but not a real statement. Um, despite Greg Popovich, you know, saying a lot of things, and Lonnie Walker the Fourth saying a lot of things publicly recently. Um, the Knicks, as we know, did not make a statement and decided 
uh, you know, we had a we had Pablo Torre of ESPN unearth a, a memo, an internal memo from James Dolan about why they weren't going to make a statement. Um, I tell you, like I read every single statement that every team put out. And there was one that wasn't bullshit, and it was the Washington Wizards because the players wrote that statement for them, right? The players, the players came together and said, "This is what we're saying as an organization," and the Wizards allowed them to do that. And every other one was bullshit, and it was hollow. And it's, and it's like you're not seeing the words police brutality in any of these, in any of these statements. They're just saying we're against, we're against racism and injustice. Congratulations! What a what a what a huge stance to take. It's hollow, Tony. Like, and so for NBA teams, like, yeah, players are going to be vocal, and players are, you know, predominantly predominantly black league is going to go out there and say a lot of the good stuff. I want the teams to say it and to put their money where it is. Like, these owners have enough money and power that they can they can withstand that. They can withstand whatever financial hit comes from this. Yeah, I, you know, I I like Michael Jordan's statement. Um, Maybe because, you know, from from a social level, he comes from ground zero. Um, you know, so I thought it was something coming from him. Sure. Um, um, you know, I, I in, in terms of the San Antonio Spurs, I don't look at it as they didn't give a sp- statement because to me, Greg Popovich is the San Antonio Spurs. And uh, he, you know, he was very eloquent and you know, and very clear and what he thought about, uh, current leadership. Um, you know, so I, I, I always, whenever he speaks, I, I always just associated with the San Antonio Spurs. Anyway, I was very disappointed in, in, in the Knicks. Um, but I shouldn't have been because I mean, you look at who's, you look at who's steering a the ship there and, and, yeah. You know, it should have come as no surprise and no no shock. You know, I, I do think that there are a lot of blanket statements out there, um, you know, but, you know, to me, you know, it, 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 it comes from more than the statements. Like the statements don't really mean anything to me because anybody could put out statements and then, you know, everything is status quo. Um you know, you got to go and you got to do something like we have canvases, you know, we have, uh, profiles, you know, we have voices, you know, make our voices heard. And, you know, and I, and I think that a lot of the, the, the players in the league, uh, have, have made me proud. Um, yeah. you know, Jalen Brown, you know, his work this week has just been, you know, absolutely tremendous. Stephen Curry, uh, Juan Toscano and, and, you know, the golden golden state warriors. I mean, you know, they've been terrific. Trey young, he's been terrific. You know, they've, you know, Donovan Mitchell, you know, for the jazz, he's, he's used his voice, you know, to speak out, um, you know, LeBron James, you know, to me, this might be LeBron James's biggest, one of his biggest legacies is the fact that he is empowered players, you know, to speak out and to use their voices and to not stand for social unrest. Um, you know, so I, I think that, you know, a lot of the players have put, put their, you know, so-called money where their mouths are. Um, you know, obviously people like Kyle Corver with his essay from last, from last year, you know, that, that essay from last year still resonates to me to this day. Um, you know, so, 
there have been a lot of lot of guys around the league, you know, who have taken it upon themselves to to go beyond statements to 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 be out there and be out on the front lines. Stephen Jackson, Carl Anthony Towns, Josh Okogie, you know, and those from the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, you know, so I mean, you know, almost too many players to name. You know, so yeah. Um, I, I think that that's been the most positive development. Uh, is that a lot of the league and a lot of the people who who matter, which are are the actual players, um, you know, getting out and 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 you know and fighting the fight and and doing it from 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 the ground level, uh, instead of just you know throwing up an Instagram post or something like that. Yeah. So I guess, man, I don't even, we could do three hours on this, but we, don't worry, we're not going to do three hours on this. Um, Tony, I guess. What do you want to see next, right? Like I, like we've seen, we've seen a lot of money being donated. I don't want to see it die. That's what I want to see. Yeah, I, I that's and that, I guess that's my fear. With I don't, it. I don't want it to be the fad. I don't want to be a seven day fad. Right. You know, I want to, you know, once the 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 protests and once the protests stop, I don't want to see the the cause stop. I don't want to see the movement stop. Like I want. America to continually put pressure on the side of America that thinks that racism is okay, that thinks that police brutality is okay, that thinks that bigotry is okay, and and get this back to to what this country should be on paper. Because right now, you know, everybody talks about you know everybody talks about the Star Spangled Banner and, and the flag and you know, in life and liberty for all, that's a bunch of lip service right now. Yeah. And it has been for, 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 for centuries, you know, because, um, you know, minorities in this country, you know, have not been traditionally accepted and, you know, minorities, you know, black people in this country are still getting killed for being black. So, you know when when is when when is this country, you know, going to to live by by its words and live by its creed? That's that's to, that's the question that I have. To, that's the question I have to ask. We're 2020 and we're still, you know, still certain part this. of the country is still living like it's 1965. Yeah, yeah, that's ridiculous, and we don't have to stand for it. If you've you know. made it, if, if you've made it this far in the podcast, but you disagree and you're rolling your eyes and you're penning some tweet or comment on the athletic or whatever, I promise you, you're wrong. Like it's not a debate, it's not an opinion. I promise you, you're wrong and on the wrong side of history in this. If you're willing to learn, if you're willing to listen, if you're willing to amplify voices, um, it's. And I've seen the sentiment, and I completely agree with it, and I've seen arguments over it, but I. I don't think it's on black people to teach us what to do. I don't, I don't think it's on, I don't think it's on black people to give us a reading list or give us movies or documentaries to watch or anything. Um, it's, that's not what's happening here, right? Like it's on us to learn. It's on white people to have uncomfortable conversations that should lead them to feeling like they are learning. And if you want to get active, donate to all the organizations, donate to black lives matter. Don't ever say all lives matter again. Don't do that because all lives can't matter until black lives matter. So get that out of your vernacular. 
get that out of your response. Uh, the rioting and the looting sucks. It's not as important as the lives being lost every single day and the police brutality. So get that out of your response. Don't don't give a yes, I'm against police brutality and killing of black people, but get the butt out of there. You don't have to say that. Obviously, we know rioting and looting sucks and it's terrible. It's fa- you know, fantastic. We can all agree on that. Let's get to the issue at hand and deal with that first because that's what's causing this this stuff to the causing the consequences to come out and if you want to get active donate if you can spread information if you can vote vote in your local governments to get the people who are okay with this and okay with the status quo get them out it's not just about being an ally it's about being a good person it's not doing it for instagram posts or likes or retweets or any of that shit like don't do any of that none of that matters all that matters is fixing a system that oppresses people that you should see every day and you should see as equals and you should be sick and tired of this shit happening. That's the only way to look at it. I promise you that's the only way to look at it. You want to talk about the season coming back? I mean, we could talk about the season coming back. All right, let's do it. Let's end it on a basketball note. I'm sure people, I'm sure people are sick of me ranting about that. Um, 22 teams coming back, Tony. Uh, they're going to play eight games, eight seeding games as they're calling it. Uh, we're getting the eight teams in each conference that are one through eight right now. We're getting the Wizards in the Eastern Conference. We're getting the uh, the Blazers, the Pelicans, the Kings, the Spurs, and the Suns in the Western Conference. If uh, the ninth seed is within four games of the eighth seed, by the end of these eight games, we're going to play in tournament, double elimination for for the incumbent eight seed, single elimination for the ninth seed. So, Tony, um, in terms of how this affects the Jazz, obviously they don't have to worry about falling to the eight seed. They don't have to worry about... Um, about any of these teams that are vying for that eighth spot other than if they play them on this remaining schedule. They don't really have to worry about the gimmicks of it all. But in terms of their own seeding, there's still a lot of work that can be done here. Yeah. Um, they have a wide range, right? Like, you know, eight games left. I don't think they, they can get to the second spot. They're two and a half games behind the Los Angeles Clippers. Um but right now, anything from three to seven is is in play for 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 the Jazz. Uh, they were they're a game and a half behind Denver for the third spot. They're a game up on Oklahoma City and and Houston uh, for the fourth spot. Uh, and I believe they're two and a game two and a half games up on Dallas for for the seventh spot. So, you know, the the Jazz are in 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 a in a position where the pendulum can swing uh significantly both ways right so you know they could get the third seed or they can get the seventh seed um all depends on how they come out how they play um you know i think a lot i think the schedule is going to have have something to do with it as well um see what their matchups are with the with the eight game uh with the eight game regular season schedule um and then they just kind of go from there um I'm struggling to figure out what I think because you said, you know, you don't think that they're going to be able to catch the two seed. And I and I immediately said, yeah, of course not. That's three games. And then I realized, like, I don't I guess I don't know what to expect out of these teams coming back. And I guess I like the Clippers aren't going to all of a sudden be bad at basketball. The Jazz aren't all of a sudden going to be bad at basketball. But working off that rust is going to be something like a real thing and i don't know that they can do all that in this one month training camp so like do you when you 
come out of this trying to judge what the basketball is going to look like, how good the team's going to be. Obviously, no Boyan Bogdanovich because of the, the wrist surgery. But are you kind of just expecting these teams still play how they play? We'll see where the cards fall. Or are you are you expecting anything different out of them? I think the league has given itself as good a chance as any to for us to see good or at least decent basketball in the playoffs. Yeah. Right. Because that's that's what that's what we really want. When it's playoff time, when it's go time, we don't want teams to be knocking the rust off. We want teams to be, you know, we, we want teams to be ready to go. And and that's why we're seeing such a delay from the actual um, the, the actual announcement that the NBA is back until, the, you know, when the actual NBA is back. You know, teams are going to get a month of training camp. They're going to get three weeks in Orlando, so they're going to get three weeks to, uh, to acclimate to Orlando. Yeah. Um, they're going to get eight-game regular season, which means – you know, at least for the Jazz, you get that's eight games that you get to tinker with your rotation without Boyan Bogdanovich. See what works, see what doesn't, and then you get to playoffs. So, you know, from June 30th to um, at the end of the eight games when the playoffs starts, you know, that's going to be you know almost that's going to be let's see almost ten weeks, right? So, you know, you got ten weeks to get right. You know, you got ten weeks to get to 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 get your your guys to the point where where things are where um they're they're good and and uh, ten ten weeks to 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 get their bodies back to 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 peak condition. Do you expect any any health issues coming out of out of the Jazz camp? Uh, you know, aside from injuries that happened there, other than. The Bogdanovich injury. Everyone else should be should be healthy. No nagging injuries that we were you know updated weren't updated on or anything. No, no. I think everybody should be healthy and ready to go. So I think that any injury that we see from now from from here on out is is a new injury. Um, I don't think anybody's dealing with anything, you know, dealing with anything serious. I don't think anybody was dealing with anything lingering. Um, you know, Bogdanovich had the the wrist, but. You know, we all knew about the wrist for a while. Um, and, well, we knew that he injured the wrist a while ago. Um, so, you know, I think that uh, a lot of um, uh, a lot of expectation could be on the Jazz being healthy, yeah. uh, unless you know something comes up and you know something comes up and we have new injury. Um. In terms of getting these guys back on the court, obviously all eyes will be on the Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, um, friendship, teammateship, you know, partnership, whatever you want to call it. Uh, what do you expect to happen there? You've obviously done some phenomenal reporting on this. What do you expect to, to see or what are you waiting to see when they're back on the court? I, to be honest, I think they're going to be they're going to play as normal, um, you know. I will be interested to see if there's um, uh, more of a, I don't want to say urgency, but more of a, uh, um, more of a thought process to get Rudy the ball. Um, you know, but I, I do think that Rudy's going to be helped by having Joe Ingles in the starting lineup and having that pick and roll dynamic. Um, you know, but I, in terms of, you know, Rudy and Donovan Mitchell, I think that, you know, those guys are going to, 
you know, do their best to, to just move on and, and, you know, just, just play basketball. You know, I think both of those guys have been itching to get back. Um, you know, they haven't had basketball in their lives for, for, for three months. Uh, so I think like most of the team and like most of the league, I think that uh, I think the guys just want to get back and just, they just want to hope. So I, I, I think that that's what my expectation of what they, those those two guys will do will be. I can't remember now because it feels like it was three years ago. Mike Conley won the horse competition, right? He did. Yeah. God, that feels like forever ago. It also doesn't help that I didn't watch it. It's just crazy that that horse competition was on ESPN. <laughs> Basically doing FaceTime horse competitions. That's where we were. That's what, that's where we were. So, oh man. Uh, uh, how do we expect, how do we, do we think Mike Conley found his, his shooting stroke back during this horse competition? What can we expect out of Mike? I mean, he was playing well before the season <laughs> installed. So, that's true. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know, he, there's no more guesswork for Mike Conley. Like he doesn't, he's, there's no Boyan Bogdanovich in the lineup. The guy, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Um, and you know, the expectation is that, that he's going to have to raise his game. If the jazz are going to have any chance, you know, Donovan Mitchell's got to raise his game. Mike Conley's got to raise his game. Now, obviously everybody's got to raise their game as a collective unit. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and that includes Rudy Gobert as well. But, you know, the, the best guys are going to have to shine. So that's Donovan. That's that's Rudy. That's, you know, that's Mike Conley. I mean, you're you're making up for you have to make up for 20 points a game, 40, you know, 41 percent three point shooting on volume uh, on tremendous volume. Uh, and, you know, the the scoring that he provides with the, with the ball in hand. Uh, the spacing that he provides, um, you know, with, with his with his gravity on the perimeter, you know that, that there's a lot uh, other than actually putting the ball through the basket uh, that Boyan Bogdanovich did for the Jazz offensively, uh, and they're going to have to make up for a lot. Um, one more before we go, Tony, uh, with um, with Bogdanovich out. Obviously, Joe Ingles, Royce O'Neal would be asked to pick up the slack uh, more than they were already doing. Uh, I assume George Nyang will will be heavy in the rotation. Uh, what, what do you expect that to look like? Yeah, that's that's the, the, the big question. And, and that's why I think that, you know, this format is advantageous to the Jazz, right? Because what would have happened if they had gone straight to a playoff format? You know, the Jazz would have been having to fi figure that out on the fly. Now they have eight games to figure it out. So, you know, whether, you know, George Niang plays the four, whether he plays a little bit of three, you know, how uh, how Royce O'Neal acclimates, uh, how, you know, Joe Ingles reacclimates to, to the starting lineup, uh, how many more touches for Mike Conley, how many more touches for Jordan Clarkson, uh, the greatest six-man in Utah Jazz history. Um you know, how, how many, you know, you know, who, who emerges, uh, at the edge of the rotation, Great you know, whether man in jazz history. I mean, hey, listen, listen, don't knock it till you try it. Um, you know, whether Juwan, <laughs> what does that even mean? What, <laughs> what does that well, even mean? How is that a can response? I finish? 
<laughs> whether Jawan Morgan, you know, emerges at the edge of the rotation. Sure. You know, what happens to, you know, you know, the two way guys, um, you know, uh, we're going to see Emmanuel Moody back in the rotation, uh, you know, according, according to my sources in all likelihood. Um, so how does, you know, how does Emmanuel Moody move back into the rotation? What does that second unit look like? You know, there's so many questions that the Jazz are going to have to answer between now uh, and when the pl- and and when the playoffs start. And you know, my biggest question for for me is how do the Jazz approach uh, the the eight game regular season? Um, you know, do they approach it from an experimental standpoint, even if it costs them some games? Yeah. Um, or you know, do they, do they approach it uh, in another way? Um, yeah, where they're wor- really worried about seating, right? Well, that's because that's the argument, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, the cluster of if you put the the Jazz, Oklahoma City, Houston, Dallas, and Denver, you put those five teams in a hat, right? And you pick out a winner. How many different winners are you going to get out of ten times? I mean, I think. I think what's important for the jazz here is to do the experiments, do the experiments on the court, because now you're getting back without Bogdanovich and he was such a major part. Like, I guess I, I really wouldn't worry about seeding. Right. Yeah. I think you got to go with the, with the former. I think you gotta, you gotta figure out what's best, which combinations. And I don't, maybe you can't figure that out in eight games. Right. Right. Um, But I think that if we're looking at them, maximizing and and obviously the the matchup they have in the first round will be important whether that's denver or or okc or houston or dallas whoever that is like at you know that's it's going to matter for them but i it probably won't matter as much as what they can figure out in a post bogdanovich season right yeah um all right uh by the way Made it this far in the podcast. Most of our listeners are in and around Salt Lake City. What better way to promote your business than through our show, Tony? How could you not want to advertise on this show? We're talking police brutality. We're talking NBA season coming back. We're talking Utah Jazz rotations. We got it all, and your business has it all. So if you want to listen, uh, if you want to advertise on our podcast to our listeners our listeners are loyal they're engaged just like you you made it this far in the podcast look how engaged and and loyal you are as a listener what better way to advertise your business than on the game notes podcast to advertise on this very show just go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads fill out a very simple form and we're going to get back to you right away so go to theathletic.com slash podcast ads today tony it's been uh, a pleasure doing this podcast with you i appreciate the conversation i appreciate the basketball conversation uh you stay safe and uh you stay healthy and we will uh we'll do this again next week assuming that uh you know the listeners still want me on the show (laughs) next week well um whether i don't know what to say about that everybody wants us back man yeah man i i mean look they love us of course they love us and you we know, love us. The quicker we solve this this issue, you know, the quicker I'll stop ranting about it. But like you, I don't want this. I don't want this to be a fad. I don't want this to go away. This is something we should all take very seriously, and we're going to continue to take it seriously. 
Yes, we will all continue to take it seriously. And, you know, I just, I just, look, I just want everybody to be treated equally. Doesn't matter whether you're white, black, brown, blue, green, anything. I want everybody to be treated equally. Um, everybody be judged off of, you know, their individual character, not what they look like, not what their background is, not what their religious background is, not not anything other than, you know, whether, you know, Zach Harper is a good guy or whether he's an asshole. You know, as simple as that. I could be an asshole and a good guy at the same time. That's the mystery of me, don't you? I think that's the beauty of you. Well, that that and your, your hairline. Yo, man. This hair is flourishing right now. I can't wait for you to see it. Yeah.